And this is what he said. I see a plague coming on the world, and the bars and churches and governments will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it's never been shaken. Welcome to The Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. This podcast is here to advance the revolution Jesus started, a revolution of the free, the fire starters, the troublemakers, and the zealots. I interview people who I think are awesome, who have heard that revolutionary call and are going after Jesus with their whole heart. If you listen to this show and join our community, I know God is going to speak to you. I believe God wants to change the world through you, through your unique gifts and talents He's given you. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life, a voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will. Let's get rolling. This podcast is going to be a little different. In the last week, the Lord has been over and over and over again speaking a phrase to me, the coming revival. Now, I've been exposed to a lot of what um, uh, prophetically the Lord has been speaking through different um, voices in, in Christendom for 20 years. And and. The days we're living in right now, I don't have to tell you, are unprecedented. You know, God is the God of the whole planet, and the whole planet is responding to this virus. How can God not be involved in what is going on when it is on such a global scale? So what is the voice of the Lord right now? You know, there's a scripture that uh, came to mind for me, which was 1 Chronicles 12, 32. And it says, The sons of Issachar were men who understood the times and with knowledge of what Israel should do. Men who understood the times. That is what I believe I'm going to lay out for you in this show. You could consider it a prophetic podcast. I've never done this before, and I've never actually dug into some of the things that I feel like from the Lord prophetically, scripturally, and giving interpretation to what is actually going on right now. For some of you, this may be a little strange in the sense that most people understand and stand behind the Bible, me included, hands up in the air. But there is a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-21 that says, Do not extinguish or quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. 
but test all things and hold fast to what is good. What I'm going to be laying out for you is what I would consider a prophetic history, which gives an insight into what is going on now and what is going to happen in the future. It's in Amos 3.7, and it says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. So, there's a belief that if God is doing something on a global scale, somebody might have some foresight or insight from the Lord about what is going on to interpret the times. Again, the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times. So let's start with what is happening right now with the virus. So I believe that, um, well, I don't even say I believe. I'll just tell you this story. Uh, Recently, I was in my prayer closet having some time with the Lord. The Lord had kind of laid on my heart, my my dear friend, Eddie Evans, you guys heard about him in a commercial last week, uh, a pastor missionary in Ethiopia. And uh, basically, I reached out to him uh, while I was in prayer, and and he ended up uh, uh, calling me, and we ended up having an amazing time of of prayer and and encouraging one another. And during that time of prayer, uh, the Lord spoke to me uh, this scripture about this time going on right now, and it's in Hebrews 12, 26 and 27, and it says, At that time, his voice shook the earth. And now he has promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. And I'll I'll state that last part again. Remove what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. What I believe God is doing right now is through this virus, he is shaking every foundation that men and women rely on. Financial foundations, relational foundations, uh, spiritual foundations, the way things are done, um, you name it, foundations are being shaken. So what do people do when foundations are being shaken? But let's look at some historical uh, things. World War I, so early 1900s. Right after World War I, there was a major revival that happened with Amy Simple McPherson in L.A. Uh, she actually was the founder of the Foursquare Church, and that happened like in 1919. And I think uh, World War I stopped in like 1918 or something around that time. So within a year or two, there was a major revival happening in a part of the United States with Amy Simple McPherson right after World War I. So let's talk about another time when foundations were being shaken, World War II. Now, I don't equate World War II with the covert virus, but it was a worldwide event, and it, sh- and it shook people in financial systems and all these components. So what happened after World War II? The 1950s revival. Billy Graham came out of the 1950s evangelist 
If you've ever heard of tent revivals or healing evangelists like Or Roberts or William Branham or A.A. A. Allen or Gordon Lindsay, who founded Christ uh, for the Nations in, um, in Texas, you know, these were all healing evangelists. Uh, Billy Graham, just a true evangelist, and their heyday was right after World War II in the early 50s. So tent revivals uh, spread all across the United States. And so people uh, through World War I and World War II, when things were shaken, they turned to God. And and I'm telling you that right now, uh, we do not know the implications of what's going to happen with this virus. This virus is worldwide. I'm guaranteeing you, number one, people are not only just losing their jobs, and we should be concerned about that, but I'm saying on a bigger scale, like it's going to put a great financial strain with many people and many companies going under, and, and things are not going to be uh, the same coming out of this. Because uh, people are not going to be able to weather this economic uh, downturn for long. Businesses will go out, uh, will be gone, and the government's not going to save everybody uh, for sure. So that is what is going on from a shaking standpoint. And I do believe it's going to turn to a revival. And I can be prophetic about that, and I'll talk about prophetic voices for that. But Or you can be even logical. You know, when people rely on X and X fails them, they start looking for why, and God is their why. God is the what they need and what all humanity needs. And sometimes there needs to be a shaking before humanity will actually uh, be open to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's talk about some other uh, prophetic voices. So Passover, I'd mentioned in the intro that this was an important time. You know, there was a prophecy that came out um, uh, by Chuck Pierce, and um, and I'll just kind of tell you what it is. So basically, he said that the Lord spoke to him back in uh, September of 2019 that the nation, uh, that nations, plural, would come under uh, turmoil until Passover of this year, which is right now. And then the Lord spoke to him again early in January and said, um, that a massive plague-like invasion would test us through Passover. And then Cindy Jacobs, who was another prophetic voice, uh, said a very, got a very similar uh, prophecy about the first three months of the year of 2020 uh, being a massive um, shakeup in the nations. Uh, another um, uh, kind of this is also Chuck Pierce with sort of Dutch Dutch sheets and commentary, and I'll provide these links in the show notes if you want to research this. And it says that this Passover will become the greatest turning point in history for the next move of God, a launching point of what God is going to do in the world, and this virus will start shifting over Passover. So that's sort of prophetic word for right now. Now, if it, you know, obviously prophecies, if they come true, then they come true. So. Uh, one of the things that has been floating around um, and uh, that I actually heard from my pastor is a word from David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson was a famous pastor at Times Square Church uh, right in New York City. And he was a bit of a hell and brimstone kind of pastor. Um, and and uh, he soon uh, has passed away. But this is a word that he got in 1986. And it was specifically around New York City. And everyone knows that New York City is the epicenter of this virus right now with, with tons of people dying. Uh, it's just tragic. And this is what he said. I see a plague 
coming on the world, and the bars and churches and governments will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it's never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles, and repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. That's very interesting. It's talking about the ministers repenting as a result of this. It's very interesting. And out of it will come the third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. I want to talk about this third great awakening. So, um, uh, so if you uh, people have been talking about this third great awakening, the second great awakening was with Charles Finney. It was in the uh, late, uh, I want to say, uh, 1700s to early kind of mid 1800s, and um, you know it. It, that's what the second, that's an American revival that happened called the Second Great Awakening. And people keep talking about this Third Great Awakening. Well, let's, talk, let's kind of move from um, what's happening now, which I believe biblically is a shaking, like it's a shaking from the Lord. How can it not be, right? Even from it, it God is a God of this whole world. And if things are happening across a whole world, how can God not? Be involved in I in just practically speaking that Hebrews twelve about the shaking it makes sense to me. All right, so let's move on to how God has prepared the church for this hour, and so in talking about this third great awakening. So I'm going to give you a couple prophecies that have come out about what's coming, um, and uh, this is a prophecy by a guy named Kim Clement. And um, I actually got exposed to his prophecy uh, around the Trump era. Uh, because I had some famous prophecies around President Trump long, you know, years and years before there, he even ran for president. And it was kind of interesting. Um, and this is not a political show, and I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, but I will say that that's how I got exposed to King Clement. So here's the word. This was given in September of uh, 2006. And it said, it shall come to pass that my great generals who have stood the test of shine shall decree before they die. It is time for me. It is well with it, with my soul. Billy Graham, I am coming. uh, I am coming. um, Sorry. Billy Graham, I am calling you to be with me that the earth may see the Lord in a greater way. For your death will not bring about tears, but your death will bring about the unveiling of the Lord's uh, of the Lord high and lifted up. For your death shall not bring the closing of the eyes of a generation, but your death shall bring the raising up of great evangelists of this time. A mantle of healing and evangelism will fall on young men and women, all ages, both genders involved. In this ingathering, a grace for royal places, i.e., just as Billy had entry to the presidents and the kings of this world, favor upon true fathers and mothers to minister his heart to others in all stratas of culture. Okay, so let me uh, talk about this a little bit. So, Billy Graham passed away in 2018. And as a result of that, uh, there's many prophetic words, and this is a big one about Billy Graham's uh, mantle. I I hate that word mantle. So so let's just say this. Billy Graham was clearly an amazing, God-fearing evangelist. 
And, and I've already talked about sort of his rise in the 50s. Well, the prophecy that King Clement is giving is saying that basically that it won't be a single person being an evangelist. It will be a generation of evangelists, a generation of healers uh, that will be prepared to bring the gospel in tangible, real ways uh, with signs and wonders all around the earth. And, and so uh, as a result of that, there was an event called uh, the Send. And I won't go into this a lot, but there was a guy named Lou Engel who basically ran a fasting and prayer movement for a decade or more called The Call. And there were many, many large stadium events uh, where all they did was fast and pray and worship. That was it. And then um, Andy Bird and, and Brian Brandt and a couple other YWAMers, and Youth with a Mission is a major missions organization that my wife and I were a part of uh, about a year ago, um, they came to Lou Engel with a prophetic word saying that the call is going to transition to the send. It is going to become a, um, an evangelist uh, sending and equipping event from prayer and fasting to evangelism. Uh, and so that's what ended up culminating in a send event in Orlando, which actually my wife and I and family went to because we had just come off the mission field from the Philippines. And this was February of last year. Well, it was an amazing event. It was about forty to 50,000 people. And, and it was all about going to the ends of the earth with the gospel and going to your neighborhood with the gospel and going to your schools with the gospel and going to your communities with the gospel. And, and it was just incredible. And then they ended up doing another event in Brazil uh, a year later. Actually, that happened this year. And that was like unheard of, like 200,000 people, two, two large, large stadiums. The president of the nation comes on stage, confesses his uh, faith in Jesus Christ and giving approval for this mass evangelism movement uh, for the nation of Brazil to the ends of the earth. And so, uh, so that is called the send. All right. So, so I believe, and so the linking of Billy Graham's death and the send event is prophetic, uh, meaning that they are the mass equipping of evangelists across multiple generations, across men and women. All right. So more recent prophecy, uh, and this again is in the category of sort of you know, how is God preparing the church for what is about to come? So God is preparing the church in this sense and getting the evangelists ready. Now, there was a word given in 1990 by uh, Bob Jones, and uh, recently Sean Bowles actually made it public. And basically what he said was that Bob Jones had heard from the Lord on several occasions that the Kansas City Chiefs, the football team in the United States, would go to the Super Bowl and win it. And he shared that when they won the Super Bowl, which was this year in February, when they won the Super Bowl, it will be a sign of the upcoming and end-time revival. He explained that God is raising up his chiefs to be apostolic leaders in many spheres of society. Okay, a, a couple points I want to highlight here. Actually, before I do that, uh, I ended up uh, watching a little bit more of Bob Jones' prophecy and uh, that just was up, recently uploaded by his, his wife. He's since passed away. And he said that, um, okay, well, actually, well, I, I don't want to get into that. Sorry. Uh, so let's talk about that for a second. Um, 
So you've got this this word from Dave Wilkerson saying there's going to be a great plague. It's going to lead to the third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. You've got um, Kim Clement talking about the passing of Billy Graham being a sign and that the, the anointing of evangelists would fall in a generation getting ready for, the in, for this great revival. Then you've got Bob Jones saying that when you see the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, which has been 50 years, just to be clear, it has been 50 years and um, and on Sports Illustrated on the front cover when they did a memorial uh, when they did a commemorative issue of this announcement of the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl after 50 years it says Kingdom Comeback as the headline you know and and those that love prophetic love that kind of like oh wow you know the Kingdom of God is coming back. Okay, I add a few more points here. So obviously everybody's heard about Kanye West and and sort of his big transition into Christianity. Well, one of the cool things that was happening around the Super Bowl time is he did a huge stadium event, um, which most of his stuff in his church and his thing is evangelism, right? Reaching a new generation for Christ, you know, and, and because of his name cachet and history and et cetera and his dramatic turn to Christianity, uh, you know, people are listening to who is this Jesus you speak of. So he's been like a national evangelist, if you will, for a whole generation. You know, a guy that came on this show recently, a guy named Darren, uh, Darren Wilson, he's a filmmaker and he's done a, the, Holy, the Holy Ghost movies, uh, Father of Lights, uh, you know, these kind of movies. You know, he felt from the Lord uh, back in 2019 that he's been carrying this movie, and I'll talk about it in a second, for, you know, 10, 15 years that he knew one day he would make sort of the epic Jesus movie or an updated Jesus film for those that know the Jesus film and sort of the power of the Jesus film and missions and sharing the gospel uh, in video format with, you know, the nations around the world and tribes and et cetera. So he was had this vision from the Lord to create this uh, Jesus documentary. It's only about Jesus. And in 2019, the Lord said, now is time. And if you want to listen about, you know, that storyline and what God was speaking to him, you can just go to the God Man movie podcast where I had him on. Uh, but he is working on that podcast, right? I'm sorry. He's working on that film right now for the release of it like this year or next. And I'm going to tell you, here's another sign that we're getting ready to put Jesus front and center in the coming revival that is coming to the world. And these are just pieces in this puzzle that are coming together. So uh, the last thing I'll uh, I'll mention is uh, the circuit riders. And so I've had Andy Bird on um, with the... uh, with the circuit riders. And basically that is this groundswell uh, uh, movement among college-age students bringing the gospel to colleges around the nations and the world. And so there is revival happening in the universities. Now everybody's shut down and it's not happening right now, but like in the in the last two years, they have been going university, 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 seeing salvations, baptizing people in the fountains of the university. Like it's been a revival uh, kind of groundswell with the youth. And that's been an amazing movement. So, so that is, in my opinion, God preparing the church, preparing the evangelists, calling the, you know, just preparing the church for what is coming. So let's talk about what is coming. So 
You know, one of the things that, um, and what is coming, I believe, is, is a new ministry model uh, uh, or are the church looking different? Obviously, right now, you know, coming into this plague, you know, the, the, the mega church, right, the, the million people church online, the, you know, the, the, the superstar celebrity ministers and pastors, you know, everybody knows them, right? Especially if you're in Christendom, you know them. And, and I'm going to go on record to say that I believe that that model will change after this plague. Uh, I think people will try to perpetuate the model, but it's not going to uh, gain the momentum that it's had. And one of the things that has been shaken, I believe, uh, through this plague is you can sit in a church of 10,000 people, and then when you're stuck in your house and nobody calls you and nobody's praying for you and nobody's reaching out to you and you have no Christian relationships other than you sitting and watching a preacher online or sitting in a crowd of 10,000 people, you start to say, huh, is this the best that I can be as a Christian? Is this the best that God has to offer? And the answer is no. And so let's talk about like what this model could look like going forward and what I believe the Lord has been speaking. Um, I want to highlight the Kim Clement prophecy that I just uh, shared where it says favor upon true is coming upon true fathers and mothers to minister his heart to others in all stratus of culture. So I believe that part of the out uh, the result of this is that um, that the, the, the anointing on fathers and mothers, so these are seasoned people in the faith that have anointings of fatherhood and motherhood. Um, and, you know, Paul kind of talked about being like a father to the church and et cetera. You know, and I would say that, you know, the pastoral role right now is kind of moved from that sort of fatherhood or motherhood kind of role, you know, truly caring for a group of people to more of a celebrity role, right? Which is clear, right? You know, it's, it's, that's doesn't take prophetic voices to say that. But that the fathers and the mothers would be restored. So these are just lay people who have the anointing of God to pastor, and they're going to pastor small groups of people, okay? And, and that's what I believe is going to happen as a result of this. And so let's talk about uh, Francis Chan for a minute. So some of you may know that Francis Chan, like in the March time frame, February time frame, you know, he left America with his family and, and went to, uh, I think he went to Hong Kong uh, to be a missionary in Asia. And it was a big deal. And, and after he left is when sort of America started shutting down. And he sent out a video on YouTube. And I want to quote some of the uh, components of the video. He had obviously left, left a mega church, you know, so he could be a sign, if you will, like of, of this transition into a new model, left the mega, his own mega church uh, to kind of do this house church movement in the San Francisco area. Uh, and he said, and I quote, the greatest opportunity for church, uh, the greatest, right now is the greatest opportunity we have ever had as a church because people are open to talking about serious things like life and death. When the foundations are shaken, people are open to new kind of conversations. What an amazing time to talk to them about the truth of the gospel. 
This is, and he goes on to say, this is what we have been working for for seven years. We have been preaching that we have to be ready. One day we will not be able to meet in big gatherings. We are going to need to know God, how to thrive in God no matter where we are. We can gather with other believers and build each other up. There is going to come a day when we won't have the luxury of all the leaders together with all of the people. You need to be ready for that. And then he says, two weeks after I leave the United States, this happens. I believe it is God's grace on us for, for us to ask, am I prepared? Am I, as a Christian, prepared? This is an amazing time and, and God is changing what I would consider the model of the church. And I'm going to talk about uh, two other prophetic uh, things that are kind of pointing to this. Um, uh, probably about four or five years ago, I had, a, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who had gotten involved in kind of a house church. And I said, well, what is the Lord speaking to you? And then he started to go on and on and on about cities of refuge. You can look it up in the Bible. There was basically an Old Testament... Um, um, structure that God set in place called cities of refuge. And it's basically for people that needed a hideout place or people that needed, that got in trouble in one city needed kind of a, a, a safety place. And they were called cities of refuge and they were supposed to be set up all across Israel. And you can look in, you know, just Google cities of refuge and you can find their Old Testament references. Well, about four or five years ago, there were a ton of prophecies coming out all across the nation about cities of refuge. And I'll be honest, like when he told me this, I was like, it was like doomsday stuff. Like we're getting ready for doomsday. And I'm like, oh Lord, you know, I'm like, I date myself, but I'm like Jim Jones, you know, (laughs) you know, it's like drink the Kool-Aid. It's like, I, I, I didn't resonate with it. I was just like, okay, this is just some weird charismatic stuff, cities of refuge. Well, recently, as the Lord has been speaking to me about this coming revival, I've started thinking about that that whole prophetic stream of all these words about cities of refuge and all these people being called by God to create cities of refuge. Well, here's my interpretation of that now. Kind of, I believe cities of refuge are actually people's homes or small communities that now become places of refuge of the gospel. They are places of evangelism. They are places of discipleship. They are small in nature. They are not big and they are certainly not like, um, you know, stockpile, you know, doomsday, you know, come to us for toilet paper, come to us for food, come. Maybe it is, but I don't see it that way. Um, it would have to get really bad if that it got that place. But anyway, that could happen. So Cities of Refuge, I think that's how that's related. And then the other one I want to talk to you about is um, uh, something called Barn Revival. So uh, I've had a friend on. Uh, Scotty Coates or Scott Coates, um, who is a part of Barn Burners. And and there's been a lot of prophetic words about barns uh, in this time uh, that God is going to move through barns. So just some of those prophetic words, I just want to uh, say a few of those, is that, the, that God was going to be going to the rural places of America where there are barns, and there were going to be gatherings um, uh, that blurred denominational lines and generations. And and they would be basically, um, and then he, he kind of talked about how 
the Lord, at least in the YWAM context, a lot of people who were being, you know, sent out to the nations, God was calling them back home to their neighborhoods, that they would preach boldly and be bold and live out their faith in um, their hometown, which is sometimes harder to do than, you know, going to a foreign nation and being something else. And then when you go to your neighbor or your family and you're being as bold and as faith-filled, you know, you can get ridiculed just like Jesus did when he was in Nazareth. But but anyway, these these were called barn revivals, uh, basically, and they, they've been happening, you know, now. But the, the, the significance that I think is interesting is that there was a, as I was kind of going through some of uh, Bob Jones' prophecies, one of the things that he was saying, um, and uh, I don't have the reference here, but basically what he was saying was that, that when there is a harvest, what do you do as a farmer when you have a harvest? You basically take your harvest, you gather it up, and you bring it into a barn. And Bob Jones was basically saying that in these end times, that uh, home gatherings was going to actually start to really become a prominent ministry model. And that within these home gatherings, there will be people that are barns. So not literal barns, but actual figurative barns. They are people that, uh, I would say Kim Clements, he called them the true mothers and fathers. They are people that can disciple small groups of people, five people, 10 people, 100 people. And they actually are barns. So I think that the word, that the prophetic words around barns is not only literal, you know, where you've got these non-religious community, people coming together in non-religious locations uh, across denominations, across generations to seek the Lord and to be commissioned. But also it is meaning individually. So in home settings and with these true mothers and fathers that Ken Clement talked about, they would be like barns, people that could take in the harvest. So uh, this is not going to be, it's going to be like a distributed model. I'm a technologist, so I can say those things. Distributed model, which means that it's not an amassed hierarchy of here's the million person church, but it's sort of like here are the you know, tens and thousands of mothers and fathers taking care of the 10 to 20 people each uh, approach. So it's a decentralized ministry model, which I believe Jesus teaches anyway. So so those are some of my thoughts about uh, the three areas of what's happening now, which I believe is a shaking, how God has been preparing the church for this time by raising up evangelists and, and, and having people dialed into the call of God to meet their, their neighborhoods, and then what this ministry model could look like, which I believe is going to be more home church-based, smaller-based, uh, and sort of more numerous and distributed versus centralized on, you know, like celebrity kind of figures. Or, and, you know, I, you know, a lot of people talk about the prophecies around the stadium events. We'll see. Um, I think that the Lord's going to be doing it more in this kind of smaller setting. So, guys, um, I hope this was was uh, insightful for you, and it kind of painted. Put, I put several puzzle pieces on this thing that's called the coming revival. You can mark this calendar on your, um, you know, put this uh, on your calendar. I believe that the, there is going to be a coming revival. I believe all of these prophetic voices call uh, are pointing to this coming revival. And I want to pray right now that you'll be ready for it. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for preparing your people for this coming revival. Lord, just pray for the mothers and fathers that you're calling to 
to come alongside others and disciple and pastor. I just pray that you would stir them, Lord God, right now. We just thank you for the prophetic voices, Lord, and preparing your people, Lord God, for this great income of harvest. And Lord, we pray for the souls, Lord, of those that have been shaken right now, that are looking for the truth. And we ask right now in Jesus' name, open their heart and open their minds to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that, Lord, you would receive the reward of your sufferings. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Go to Instagram at The Kindling Fire to find out more about what we offer, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Kindling Fire. There you can find Bible devotionals, e-courses, and etc. Okay, guys, as always, be awesome.